Hello and welcome to Zip Files, a weekly technology news catch-up show. This week, I'm rocketing 10 bits of tech news at your auditory system. Listen out for such intrigues as an Apple employee stealing trade secrets and trying to leg it to China, Elon Musk building a tiny submarine in an effort to be a good bloke, Twitter deleting millions of fake accounts, and much, much more. In the middle of all that goodness, we've got a long listen on blockchain, specifically what on earth it is and how it works. Of course, I've got a special guest on this week to give you respite from my tones. Her name is Sarah. I met her at work and she's from Austria. Hi, my name is Sarah. I live in Berlin. I like technology, art and education and also traveling around. All right, let's do it. Let's get all caught up with This Week in Tech. Finnish company Polar, which produces watches and other hardware for fitness tracking, has been exposing the sensitive locations of thousands of users. The vulnerability comes from the Polar Flow app that allows you to explore other users' activity on a map. The company has since suspended this feature and said, quote, It is important to understand that Polar has not leaked any data and there has been no breach of private data. End quote. The joint investigation from De Correspondent and Bellingcat claims otherwise, that in fact they were able to gain access to private profiles as well as public ones due to a security oversight in the code. This all may sound like deja vu. Fitness tracking app Strava had a very similar issue in January. Index Ventures, one of Europe's largest VCs, has raised two new funds – one filled with $600 million to invest in early-stage startups, and a second steeped in $1 billion to invest in later-stage companies that are looking to grow. Index has had a good year to date, with two of its portfolio companies, Dropbox and Dutch payments company Adyen, IPOing at multi-billion dollar valuations. The cherry on the top, a third portfolio company, iZettel, was sold to PayPal for $2.2 billion. In its history, Index has raised $7.25 billion, with this raise about 30% larger than its fundraise in 2016. That's because founders are seeking more finance at an earlier stage, a function of the rich VC space and the rise of capital-intensive startups looking to disrupt huge industries like finance. What is the worst purchase you've ever made? I think I actually made that in London. I really wanted to go shopping and I saw like this dress and it was bright pink and for some reason I thought I would really look good in it <laughs> and I bought it and then I wore it once and everyone just looked at me and said I look like a candy oh. <laughs> and I never wore it again. That is so mean. That's Your friends suck. No, I mean like they didn't say it in a bad way. It's just you look so sweet it looks like a candy but I just I, I don't want to look like a candy <laughs> Twitter is getting tough on fake and spam accounts with the Washington Post reporting that the rate of account suspensions has more than doubled since October 2017 in May and June alone, Twitter has suspended 70 million accounts, news which was worrying to investors who fear that user growth metrics will now slow. 
Bloomberg analyst Jurendra Waral spoke of the market's concern. Quote, The volume of fake account deletion, albeit good for longer term, raises uncertainty on near-term user growth expectations. End quote. To allay fears, Twitter's chief financial officer took to Twitter to tweet that, quote, Most accounts we remove are not included in our reported metrics as they have not been active on the platform for 30 days or more. Or we catch them at sign-up and they are never counted. That calmed people down. YouTube has been repeatedly chastised in the last year for promoting all sorts of nonsense content on its platform. From hoax videos to fake news, the algorithms have been left embarrassed by their suggestions. YouTube announced on Monday a slew of new features that will hopefully make the platform a more reliable source of news and truth. The company's strategy will be to identify trustworthy news sources and bring those videos to the top of a user's feed, as well as investing $25 million in grants to these news organizations so that they can grow their video operations. With 450 hours of video uploaded to the site every minute and machine learning algorithms that aren't yet up to scratch, this predetermination and promotion of reliable sources seems like a sensible approach. An ex-Apple employee has been charged with stealing trade secrets around the company's autonomous vehicle program. Chao Lang Zhang was blocked at San Jose International Airport after raising suspicions with a last-second flight booking to China. Zhang had allegedly taken secret documents and stored them on his wife's laptop while on paternity leave. The alleged intention was to take these trade secrets to X Motors, a Chinese company that says it's making, quote, intelligently connected and all-electric cars for the young generation, end quote. Welcome to this week's Long Listen. Blockchain is very hot right now. That is to say that if you want to find love or even affection, you should introduce yourself as a blockchain expert from here on out. Don't worry if you don't have a clue what it is, I'm going to tell you. If you're too busy to carry on listening, then just remember some key phrases like blockchain is on computers and or blockchain saved my marriages and no one will dare doubt that you know what you're talking about. The thing is, blockchain didn't used to be cool. In fact, its origins are humble. In 1991, a group of researchers were trying to work out how to timestamp digital documents so that people couldn't backdate or tamper with them and go unnoticed. Blockchain was their elegant solution, but one that went by largely disregarded until 2009 when Satoshi Nakamoto used it to famously create the digital currency Bitcoin. Notice that Bitcoin and blockchain are not the same thing, this is an essential learning on your way to experthood and finding love. I defer to Sally Davies, technology reporter for the Financial Times. Quote, Blockchain is to Bitcoin what the internet is to email, a big electronic system on top of which you can build applications. Currency is just one. End quote. All right, listen up. A blockchain is an open, decentralized and distributed ledger. Think of it like this. A bunch of computers known as nodes each have a copy of the ledger, which you can imagine as an Excel spreadsheet. 
On this spreadsheet are listed all of the transactions that have ever taken place on the blockchain. These transactions are bundled together into what are known as blocks. When a new block is made, which is approximately every 10 minutes on the Bitcoin blockchain and 15 seconds in the Ethereum blockchain, this block is recorded across every single ledger on the network. A key quality of a blockchain is that once a block has been added, it is virtually impossible to change it or tamper with it. I think the best way to explain blockchain is to take you on a journey through a transaction. In this case, we'll imagine the Bitcoin blockchain. But remember that ultimately a transaction is just a transfer of data and so doesn't have to be cryptocurrency related at all. All right, Barry is an old chum. One night we go out for a big one. Maybe he's getting married or perhaps divorced knowing Barry. But let's not get hung up on that technicality. Either way, he's forgotten his wallet. You buy Barry a lager and he promises to pay you back. The next day, Barry has a smashing idea. He's going to pay you back in Bitcoin. What a modern man he is and thinks to himself that he'll miss his wife. He accesses his Bitcoin wallet using a private key that is a cryptographic hash, which only he knows. Think of it as a password. For the sake of round numbers and because the lager I bought him is still in his system, Barry elects to send me one whole Bitcoin. He knows my wallet's public key, which is the address he types in as the receiver. Barry hits enter, and the transaction is broadcast to the Bitcoin blockchain. Now, in order for the transaction to be validated on the blockchain, the other nodes on the network check two things. Firstly, that old Bazaar is good for the amount he wants to send i.e. he actually has one Bitcoin in his wallet, and second, that Barry has entered the private key that is associated with his wallet's public key. It's important to note, by the way, that nodes or miners, as they are known on the Bitcoin blockchain, never actually know Barry's private key, but some cryptography magic allows them to validate it was used correctly. Once Barry's transaction is validated, it is inserted into a block that contains a bundle of many other pending transactions, Imagine this block as a Lego piece. This Lego piece has a unique identifier known as a hash, which is like a digital fingerprint. The Lego piece also contains the hash of the previous block in the chain. If a block is ever tampered with, then its hash will change, and the following block will notice, as this hash will no longer be the one it has on record for the block. This is what makes the system tamper-proof. Anyway, now the nodes on the network must race to solve a cryptographic puzzle before the block can be inserted into the chain. What they are trying to find is the hash key that will allow the current block to be joined to the previous block in the chain. A miner basically just cycles over the possibilities one by one by one until it finds the right key. Once it has been discovered... A miner broadcasts the key to the network, who all use it to insert the new block into their copies of the ledger. The victorious miner is then compensated in Bitcoin for its computational troubles. Now, what I just explained with our good old friend Baza is all thanks to blockchain, which comes in hot with the special database structured as a chain of blocks, the public-private key cryptography pattern, although this is not unique to Bitcoin, the distributed ledgers, and the consensus mechanisms that allow the nodes to agree on one truth. So why exactly is all this so revolutionary, Evan? Couldn't Barry have just emailed you the cash through his bank account like a normal person? Well, yes, of course, good old Bazaar could have done that. 
but this way he's a maverick and cool at conferences. Also, blockchain gets around some downsides of traditional systems. Historically, you've needed a trustworthy third party to carry out a transaction. With blockchain, you don't. Instead of a third party like a bank who handles your cash and passes it around, the blockchain is peer-to-peer, computer-to-computer, node-to-node. No need for an intermediary because the nodes do the heavy lifting. They validate, verify and audit all transactions before and after they are completed. The system is decentralised and distributed, there is no single point of weakness and no trust necessary. When we throw our money into a bank, we trust that that bank will keep it safe for us. As we saw in 2008, that trust is perhaps misplaced. For all the scorned lovers out there, blockchain might be right up your street, because you don't have to trust anyone. Anyone at all can carry out verifiable computational work to add transactions to the blockchain, and thus add to the distributed ledger, which can be downloaded by anyone and verified as cryptographically valid. If I lost you there, I do apologise, but just understand the breakthrough is that we can now achieve consensus and be assured of who owns what without any centralization or trust. And then there's a few other benefits. It is resistant to geopolitics. Say that Trump wants to start a trade war with China because he's had an aneurysm and Ronald McDonald told him to in a daydream. Well, Barry's blockchain-based currency won't react, whereas his dollars will. Also, let's say for the sake of argument that Barry puts himself on a flight to Hanoi after that lager and for some reason trades all of his dollars for Vietnamese dong in his inebriated state. Well, now the charges to send me his dong through a bank as well as the time it would take would be very off-putting. Whereas through a blockchain-based crypto, the idea is that this transaction would be virtually instant and very cheap. Cryptos get their superpowers from the blockchain tech that underlie them. So hopefully now you can start to see how blockchains have the potential to be revolutionary. I've presented to you here with the basics of the technology and why blockchain is heralded by many as the greatest innovation since the internet itself. However, it's certainly not all cake and roses. Blockchain has its downsides. For now, I'll leave you in bliss but stay tuned for a follow-up on why the technology is far from invulnerable to criticism. I'll finish with a seemingly confused thought from Vonage founder Jeff Pulver to whet your appetite. Blockchain is overhyped and an opportunity worth four quadrillion dollars. had to become an inanimate object for a year what object would you choose to be maybe um like a poster or painting in a museum i mean yes you get looked at but also like people usually talk while they are in museums so you can just listen to a lot of stories and watch like everyone i think i'd like that so like you're kind of like a voyeuristic painting and what if you were not a great painting and people were saying, oh, this, look at this brushwork. It's awful. It's awful. Yeah, but I don't think it would affect me that much because I wouldn't feel like they're really judging me rather than they would rather judge the person who made me. 
because I'm I was created. So is that how you feel about yourself when people <laughs> judge you? Because you just say, "Well, no. it's my parents." <laughs> <laughs> I was made that way. British data regulators announced on Tuesday that the Information Commissioner's Office will hit Facebook with a £500,000 penalty as punishment for the Cambridge Analytica breaches. If you're thinking £500,000 is nothing to Mr Zuckerberg, then you've got a pretty fair point. Facebook's revenue totaled over $40 billion last year, so £500,000 is literally a drop in the ocean. Mark probably spends that on grey t-shirts every year. The company should take this stuff seriously though because new GDPR legislation now allows European regulators to be much tougher and fine companies up to 20 million euros or 4% of their global annual turnover, whichever is higher. Bearing this GDPR stuff in mind, if Facebook Cambridge Analytica itself into similar data privacy blunders nowadays, then the financial sting would be in fact very severe. Elon Musk has had the kind of week that only Elon Musk could possibly have. Musk put his engineers to work building a mini kid-sized submarine that he then shipped to Thailand to aid with the rescue of the 13 people trapped in a flooded Thai cave. In the end, the sub was left unused as volunteer divers guided the remaining boys and their soccer coach out of the Tam Luang cave on Tuesday. However, it's pretty cool that Musk managed to put something together at such short notice and it really could be of use in the future if some other bad stuff happens. Musk then went on to Shanghai, where he sealed a crucial agreement to start construction of Tesla's second car assembly plant. According to a spokesman for the company, it will be two to three years before the factory reaches its maximum output of 500,000 vehicles annually. I don't mean to be negative on Musk, but do take this with a grain of salt. Muskian projected stats and timelines don't often translate into the real world. And then on Wednesday, Musk pledged to help fix the water in every house in Flint, Michigan that has water contamination levels above federal guidelines. It is only a matter of time before this man puts on an iron suit, flies into the sky and becomes a high-earning movie franchise. Autonomous cars have the potential to save lives. At the moment, well over a million people die on the world's roads every year – with tens of millions more injured or disabled. Cars are pretty damn stupid, an innovation that wouldn't be allowed if thought up today. The thing is that autonomous cars aren't safe themselves yet either. In fact, an Uber SUV in self-driving car mode struck and killed a pedestrian in March and sparked renewed calls to regulate the space. The thing is that over-regulation of this young technology would massively slow down its progress, and by virtue of that, lead to the deaths of many people who would otherwise have lived had self-driving cars come sooner. This week, the USA's top auto safety official, Heidi King, deputy administrator of the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, said in an interview, and I quote, At this point, the technology is so nascent, I don't think it is appropriate today to regulate this technology, end quote. However, she did confirm that it was firmly on their radar. Quote, it's not there yet, but each and every day we are open to identifying when the time is right. End quote. Let's hope they time it perfectly. What's something many people fear, but doesn't scare you at all? Uh, I'm not really that scared of spiders. Oh, 
Unless, unless they're like super big and hairy. Yeah, like I know people who like there's a spider in the room and they would just like run out screaming. Um, but I'm usually okay with hoovering them. Yes. Insane. <laughs> it's very brave. That is awful, but. I am terrified of the little <laughs> The eight legs. There's too many legs. It's not natural. They're so greedy, dude. I've got two legs. I'm fine. Yeah. They've got eight legs. I think the scary thing about that is because they have eight legs, they're like four times faster than us. <laughs> is that science? Which is not like fully true, but... <laughs> <laughs> Facebook was questioned on Wednesday over why the platform allows conspiracy theory site Infowars to have a Facebook page. Well known for publishing nonsense like Sandy Hook was a hoax, the moon landings were fake, and 9-11 was an inside job, Infowars seems to fall under the umbrella of false or misleading news, a classification that would see it booted off the site. However, according to Facebook, this is simply not the case. In Facebook's eyes, Infowars publishes analysis, and banning that would be an erosion of free speech. In April, Apple announced that all of its direct operations worldwide are now powered entirely by renewable energy, and that two dozen of its suppliers had made the same commitments for their Apple components. This is impressive corporate responsibility, and it got better this week as Apple announced that it would be joining with 10 suppliers to launch a new $300 million China Clean Energy Fund that will be invested over the next four years to help Chinese suppliers move further towards renewable energy. Of course, this is good news for humanity, but it is motivated in other ways too. And I quote the Wall Street Journal here, Apple has gone on a charm offensive in China in recent years, as it has looked to shore up its relationship with the Chinese government and consumers. And it's done. (laughs) It's over. You can open your eyes now, take it all in. Hopefully the tech world around you makes a bit more sense. You're all caught up. If you enjoyed the show, then please share the zip files with a friend. If you hated it, then please share it with an enemy. Also, sorry to be hashtag that guy, but if you're feeling bright and breezy, happy and friendly, then rating the zip files five stars on Apple Podcasts would help me out massively. I love you all. Until next Sunday, enjoy your oat milk lattes and have a great week. 